All right, let's welcome everybody out today to a brand new episode of Let's Talk Local. I'm your host, Chris Hollifield. Thank you so much for uh, for downloading the show, for listening, for coming back week after week as I introduce these awesome people here in the state of Utah that are doing really cool things. I have a really fun episode tonight. I, I know I always say I have a fun episode, but I, but I, I mean, they all are fun, I guess, yeah. you know? And uh, But I'm really excited for, for this week's guest. I'm going to introduce him here in just a second. I, of course, have to mention the show sponsor, the Red Sign Real Estate Team. It's the real estate team that I'm on, you guys. So if you have any questions about the real estate market, I know people are, you know, they're wondering, is this a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? What should I do, Chris? Reach out. Let's talk. Shoot me a text. Give me a call. My number is uh, 801 244 2908. And on that note, we have a re- another returning guest this week, uh, Mason Atlas. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> it's going, man. Yeah. How are you doing? Thank you for for uh, coming and sitting down in the studio and, and recording with me again, man. Yeah. I love the setup. This is a, uh, I mean, last time I was in my office at the shop, which was also like a storeroom yeah. where we put all our supplies. So I was like talking to you while staring at boxes of gloves. So this is, this is nice. I get to actually see you this time. That's Did it. we not do it in person last time? No, no. I didn't. I guess I kind of forgot about that, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember how it happened, but luckily, like tech-wise, it all worked out. We got good reviews from people that listen to the show, so the sound was good, and I'm pumped. Like this is even nicer. It's good to be here. Was it? Was it during COVID? Was that maybe what what was was going on? I think it must have been around that time because we were doing, and it does. We don't need to yeah. sit here and figure it out necessarily. Um, but during that whole time, I had to figure out because. I was doing all my interviews in person, right? And uh, gosh, what was it? Twenty. So twenty twenty is when COVID. So yeah, eight years into doing the podcast, all of a sudden I have to figure out how to do them remotely, yeah. over the phone or over the computer. And uh, I, I would much rather do them in person. Yeah, it I, must. It must have been like four years ago, a little around the same time. Like yeah. right, right after COVID hit in March. And then I think you and I did this maybe leading into the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Remotely. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Checks out on my timeline. Yeah, man. Uh, well, you know, in this time, it's just, it's just you and me, you know, doing it this time. So hopefully it uh, can get even get a little more intimate, you yeah. know, but uh, well, first off, I got a lot of questions here. So I, cool. I reached out on, on my different social media channels on Facebook, on Instagram, and make sure you're following the the podcast on Instagram. Let's talk local. Uh, I, I want to start doing that more with listeners. I, I do it here and there, but I want to start doing it almost on every episode. If I can reach out, Hey, do you have questions? I got a bunch of them. I like this. I think uh, it's going to put me under fire right away, which is going to be great. Some are synopsis. tattoo related. There's a couple that are just like, Hey, what's who's Mason like? Um, but first of all, before we get into all that, let's, 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 tell the listeners like where, what shop you're out of, how they can connect with you. A little bit of that information sure. up top here. Uh, I own the Hive SLC. It's a, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of on the fringe of what tattoo shops can become. Okay. Um, it's a it's a really unique place. We deal a lot with the community. Got some really talented artists, and we probably have some of the best clients that I've ever had in my twenty plus years of tattooing. Um, I'm not from here. I'm originally from Florida. Um, I That's spent, right. That's I spent right. About twenty uh, ten years traveling abroad, all over the world tattooing um 
lived in some of the most beautiful places. And so when people are like, how did you come from Florida all the way out to Utah? And it's like, man, I've seen a lot of really beautiful things. And this place has been probably the most awe-inspiring for me. Uh, to be able to live in the city as close as I do and then to be out in the mountain, mountains as much as I am and have my business all in kind of like one area, it was, it's, it's amazing. And I was just, I was just taken back by how cool this, this, this state is, the city that I live in is like this whole area. And so I opened up my shop five years ago. It's been going great ever since. Um, and sitting here now doing a podcast with you. Dude, that is awesome. And, and where are you located? What's the oh, so yeah, um, Mill Creek off of 33rd, right where the beltway, the 215 kind of either goes into Parley's or turns about and goes down to like where REI and Salty Peaks and Milo are all at right there on 33rd. Very cool. Yeah, it's a cool little area. We got a, a good little network of locally owned businesses all up and down the street. And I've taken the time to go in and try to meet every owner that I possibly can. And it's cool. It's It's got that really nice neighborhood feel. And, and that's kind of maybe derivative of what Mill Creek is trying to do, too. Um, the city themselves have been very supportive of our shop and helping me out with other business ideas that I have and just been a great resource for me. So my community, um, you know, the businesses that I'm surrounded by and the people that I get to work with. It's, it's been such a blessing. Got some fun questions here. And, and actually this one, even though we talked about it on the last episode, Derek, he's, uh, he's actually been a listener for a while. I, I, uh, shout out to Derek. Thanks for listening, Derek. Um, he wants to know is how did you first become interested in tattooing and what drew you to this form of <coughs> artistry? So I know it's a very basic question and, and it's, it's, uh, yeah. What, what drew you to tattooing, man? I, I don't think it's a basic question. I think you're going to get such individual answers from, you know, every different tattoo artist. And mine was, I, I fell in love with it. We used to go to bookstores all the time when I was in high school. Yeah. Um, probably like freshman, sophomore year. We couldn't, couldn't drive. So we had to take the bus. And there was this area where I grew up in Florida. That was a real pretty area. And they had a giant bookstore along with coffee shops and a music store. And so it was like a great place for us to go skateboard, play some music, get some coffee, and then go look at magazines or books. Um, I would just run straight to the tattoo magazine section, grab them, go sit in a big comfy chair at this bookstore and just look at it. And I was just, to me, it was like real magic. I had never seen something like this, that it, it blew my mind. Like magicians have their tricks and they, they have some kind of way that they're doing a trick and it's not real. Right. Like to me, magic didn't exist. And when I saw tattooing and it is in the skin, it cannot be removed and it like lives with you. I just was amazed by it. And I, I was awestruck. And so I had to know how to do it. And I, I never thought I would do it. I thought I had to like join some kind of guild or, cult or something like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know where this magic was hidden and who would do it. But I, that turned on this pursuit probably at the age of 15, 16. And, uh, it just upped the ante for me to get better at art. And I ended up dropping out of high school to go to a fine arts high school. And it was, it was hard cause I wasn't the best at drawing. Like I was good for my original school and, um, I got superlatives from a lot of teachers saying, Oh, he's very artistic. And then I transferred to this art school and I was bottom of the rung. Like I had a lot of work to do. And I think that's the competitiveness in me that made me drive and push to get better at it as, as best I could and become essentially a sponge to anybody that would teach me. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily tattooing coincides with that because you're not going to, 
for most of the time, you're not going to be doing just one thing. You're going to deal with so many different people on so many different levels and you'll always have something new and fresh to learn. And I really enjoyed being good at learning a lot of different things and become competent at those things, whether it be style or tattooing or, or building tattoo machines or drawing or painting. Like I liked having a really high level of understanding for, across the board on a lot of things. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Bree, uh, listener Bree, I'm not uh, first time she's ever asked a question, but she wants to know what was the first. So this is a two part question, sure. kind of. What was the first tattoo you gave and what was the last tattoo you gave? Man, I wish she didn't ask about that first one. <laughs> was it a bad one or what? It, yeah. No, it's not your best showing. Um, it. <laughs> This is probably, uh, hopefully any other tattoo artist out there might have gone through this or anybody going to go into tattoo and you're probably going to go through this. Uh, the, the drawing was wrong and I didn't. What do you mean by that? What? There was little things that were off. It was a symmetrical design and it wasn't completely symmetrical. There was a little bits that were off and I didn't notice and I copied what was off. And I didn't notice what it was like we had flash 20 plus years ago. So there wasn't custom artists. I wanted to be a custom artist. That's why I got into it. But everybody was tattooing pre-drawn things that were on the wall or in flash yeah. racks. And so this was a pre-drawn thing and I copied it the way it was. And there was just these tiny little subtle things. Now the person that had it, she didn't care. We even talked about it like afterwards. I'm a pretty transparent person you know, and she's like, no, you don't need to fix it. It would have been an easy fix, but all those things really set this kind of professionalism and perfectionism in motion because I was like, that will never happen again. I will never like trust the drawing that somebody's giving me or telling me they want. I will look at it like a sketch and then redo it to my level. And so I've taken that into my whole career. So I'm glad it happened. The, like my first one, cause I don't believe that I've repeated it since but it was, uh, yeah, it was tough. It was very humbling. And that was like the first one. You're like, this is exciting time. I'm pumped. I get to do a tattoo. And then all of a sudden you realize you're like, man, it's a little bit off. It was a tramp stamp too, by the way. There you yeah. go. Was it a butterfly? I probably with some tribal. Yeah. 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 And, and the tribal was just a little bit off and you know, those things are coming back now, but that was my heyday. <laughs> Tribal's coming back? It is, man. They got different names for it, but it's still tribal. You what know? do you mean different names? Like different names instead of calling it tribal? I, I, I mean, maybe some of your listeners can like hit me up with some of the different names, but yeah. I've heard just, it's just like the craziest, weirdest variety of like, uh, biomechanical tribal. And I was like, it's just tribal. And it's, I don't, they would throw in these little bits and dashes. To make it sound cooler. I guess so. And there was all these other superlative words that they would use for it. And I just, it's tribal. It really is like the way it looks with the the Z zigzag hashes where it looks like a, a slipknot album where you've got the tribal <laughs> or, you know, it, it all, and, and it's cool that it's coming back. Uh, a lot of us old timers are like, dude, let me do tribal now. Like we did it in the beginning of our career and it was slow and monotonous. And we're like, I'm wasting my time. But now we have the skills. We're like, Oh, I can knock that three hour piece out in 45 minutes and it'll be stellar, you know, cause it's the baseline <laughs> of what you need to know for tattooing. And you know, I got 20 plus years, so I can nail a tribal. I could kill it, but yeah, you know, I'm not trying to set that as my portfolio now. Yeah, well, we'll see. No, I, you know, I've never, I've never really been a tra not desired 
tribal, like attracted to it. Like it's just never been my, my thing. There's an ass for every seat. Some people really, really love it. And, uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to make sure that I say things that are, are genuine, but also kind, but like, you, you want to watch your mouth now. You don't want to talk shit or something. Sometimes like you notice certain people who like certain things have certain attributes. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I want to put people in buckets. It's just, they kind of put themselves into buckets. And so sometimes with certain tribal, you're like, Oh, that person wants it. That makes sense. Okay. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing or anything yeah. like that. It's just, Oh, okay. People like that. Fair enough. Good. And then I just let it happen, move on. So I try not to have too many opinions about this stuff because I've seen so much. Now I'm yeah. seeing this stuff that I didn't like come back and I'm like missing it, wishing I could do it more. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird Yeah, I, I, I need to be the same way. Just let people do their thing. If they enjoy it, if it makes them happy. Yeah. Life is too short. Yeah, I'm not trying to yuck on anybody's yum. Yeah, like, I love I'll, it. I just take care of them. Yeah. Do it. So that was the first, now what was the last tattoo that you gave or that you're working on, I guess. However, you actually, know. so this, <laughs> this is cool. This is a, it was a, a scar on a, a female client and the, the scar and the surgery, as it got put together, it wasn't quite lined up. And so there was some indentation in her stomach and the scar wasn't completely flat. So I was redescribing how people look at that by putting a tattoo over it and drawing attention away from the places she didn't like into the tattoo areas where she did like, yeah, it was a two part section. Um, it's interesting tattooing scar tissue and it's interesting tattooing lower abdomen and everything went really, really well. Colors are super vibrant. It, it was balanced. You know what I mean? It was an asymmetrical design on purpose. So take the first tattoo where it was a symmetrical design that was off and now go into the new one that I did that was asymmetrical on purpose. It made like this really good balance on her. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that kind of leads me into kind of my own thoughts here. I kind of want to want to sure. piggyback on that question is like, you were mentioning like tribal tattoos about how like you can knock out a three hour piece in 45 minutes, for, mm -hmm. for example. Right. Do you find, and I'm, I mean, I kind of already know what the answer is, but do you find tattooing to be a lot more enjoyable after being in it for 20 years versus like when you first started? It's because, cause like, you know how to do things, you know, the hang of things, you know how to, you could just kind of have a more relaxed conversation instead of like, I mean, probably in the beginning you were like sweating bullets and like, Oh my gosh. And so, like not even barely able to have a conversation while you were tattooing. Sometimes I would use the conversation as a way to kind of, diffuse my stress, right? Like in talking to people, sometimes they'll, they'll kind of pick up the conversation yeah. for you and you just have to ask the right questions. And so, uh, I developed that ability to help, you know, their stress level and mine, but as far as it's still enjoyable, yes, but for totally different reasons. Like the, the biggest reason why I get a lot of joy out of it now is that I'm teaching. Like I, have art classes. I have young artists that are, I'm responsible for that are my apprentices or my juniors. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time helping them get through some of the trickier spots that held me up and making them better and hopefully far less time than it took me to get where I was at. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Um, the teaching aspect. The teaching aspect is I always allow myself to, to change a little bit. So the things that I used to love, if I don't love them now, it doesn't mean that they were wrong to love. It's just um, my viewpoint or my perspective is changing. 
And so instead of me trying to build a career that's solely focused on myself, I'm really helping nurturing artists that have that same passion that I did and help build their careers up and, and help hopefully student by student, artist by artist, client by client, I can raise the level of tattooing to a positive state. I can hopefully have way more better experiences for people, not just the people I tattoo, but the people that get tattooed. Um, hopefully I can make people more knowledgeable. I really push artwork into tattooing. Um, that's my big thing. And so if I can get more people being observant of different type of artwork, then I think they'll ask more difficult um, assignments for us. And it'll make us as artists step up another level so that we can, you know, solve their problem and do it a really artistic way. So that's now, what, what do you mean by me. bring art, bring artwork into it? Cause I mean, I would consider all tattoos to be artwork, right? I mean, I think sometimes you can look at <clears throat> some people get tattoos to be hot rods. Like just, it just looks cool to look cool and there's no deep meaning in it. Right. And then I think where I'm at and some of the other artists that I work with is that we really connect with the client and we try to take their story from inside their head. Yeah. And most of them don't have as much drawing ability as we do. So we help pull that story out. We use our ability to draw and we mash it up with their idea. And you get this really cool fusion of like my perspective and then their human experience. And we put them together into a visual form. And to me, that's one of the things that kind of ups the level of artwork. And that's what we really focus on. Now there's other people that go at it for a whole other reasons. Like some people just want to be the tribal guy. <laughs> we'll just use that one for the rest of the show. Right. And, uh, they have their own intentions in it and they want to understand it. We try to bring, uh, feelings, vibes, um, just maybe a different emotion into it. And not every tattoo has to be like that. Some people can just be hot rods and get cool stuff. But if you want to go a little bit deeper and you're trying to suss out an idea, we are the, the group, the shop that really helps focus on that. That's where we put our intentions first. Love it. Yeah. I love it. I know. It's a little hippy dippy, but no, we no. enjoy it a lot. I think that's kind of the direction though of tattoos. I think, I think a lot of people are kind of going more towards like, Hey, let's put some thought into this and let's, you know, have it, have some meaning and really sit down with the, with the tattoo, uh, tattooer and you know, tattoo artist and, and figure this out. You know? I would get, I would honestly say it's 50, 50. Yeah. Just the fact that people are putting more meaning into it means it's a little bit harder sometimes because they don't know how to um, describe it visually. I think if you already kind of know what you want and you're open to however it's drawn, then think using things like Google or AI or Pinterest, man, it's easy to find what you want. But if you're somebody kind of suffering in your idea or, or really trying to figure out how to bring it together, then there's the other side of that coin. There's us that can help you with it. But I don't think one is better than the other. I don't think one will take precedent over the other in the course of all tattoo time. Um, we just really enjoy specializing in that. This next question is kind of interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to hear the answer on this one. Jason um, sent me a question here. It's, have you ever had to fire or get rid of a client in the middle of tattooing them and tell them to leave your shop and never come back? Come close quite a bit. Like, you know, I, I I'm not sure. <clears throat> I have a feeling I know what he's kind of, you know, like maybe you're in the middle of like say tattooing their back and say, 
they're just talking crap or something. I don't know. And telling them to just get out. I don't know. Um, no, we've, we've come close because of like sometimes clients, significant others will come in okay, and start raising hell and we'll go, Hey man, like you can't have this person come back in here again. Cause if they do, I can't tattoo you. Like we've done things like that. That was probably early on when the shop that I worked at was next to a bar, a check hashing place, a liquor store, a strip club, and a strip club across the street. So we kind of had, had some interesting yeah, clients yeah, there, man. Like, three in the morning type stuff. Um, but no, not anything recently. I, I look at it like I'd like to take on the challenge of figuring out, like if me and this person are kind of rubbing each other the wrong way, like there's something cool going on underneath it. We need to get through it. So I would rather dig deep than be like, you know what? You're too much of a pain in my ass. I'm out. And I'm notorious for putting myself through a lot of shit to try to find stuff. Like my wife tells me all the time. She's like, sometimes you could just let this stuff go. And, uh, I like to dig deep. I want to know. And so luckily I haven't had anything like that in the last 10, 15 years. So never like any half finished tattoos out there of like, I mean, I guess people, maybe that haven't come back to you for work. Or no, nothing that I don't think that's been a negative yeah. consequence between me and them. Um, I understand like one of my clients, we started a back piece and then he got into a car wreck, fixed the car, got healthy. Then we start tattooing him again. We got everything set up. And then he's like, dude, my wife's cheating on me. Like I, I'm getting a divorce. I got this custody battle. I can't come in. And I hadn't seen him for another two years. And then all of a sudden he calls me up out of the blue. He's like, Hey, are you, are we still cool? I'm like, bro, life happens. I get it. Like, this isn't a necessity. This is a luxury. I'll, you know, I live here. I'll be here. Like, I'll take care of you, whatever you want. So we've had things like that come up where yeah. like, you you don't finish a piece. I've had people pass away. I've tattooed a lot of military and they, they went overseas after they were stationed in Hawaii. And, you know, you look forward to them coming back because you're doing a sleeve. And then you hear from some of his friends that, oh, sorry, man, he didn't make it back this, this time. And you're like, oh, and you're like, sorry, you didn't get to finish the sleeve. I'm like, I, I'm not worried about the sleeve as much anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I've had some moments like that where you're like, man, did I get a good picture of it? It must be interesting though, like the diversity of clients that you have and just, I mean, everything about them. I mean, I guess you can kind of say that about any business, but I think tattooing, especially because it's, I, I, I think it, it I mean, maybe 10 years ago, not so much, but I think currently, I mean, you have all different types of people getting tattoos. You have housewives, you have businessmen, you have the biker dude, you have, you know, mm -hmm. whoever, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just for one style of person. No, we, we really try to do two things. Uh, we love collectors. We love people that like to collect different pieces from artists that stand out on their own. So mm. we, even within our shop, I might have a client that gets tattooed by four or five other people at the shop because they do such different work and they just want to collect from the shop. We love that. Um, but we also take a lot of pride in being a very honest, uh, transparent business. So people who are looking to get their first tattoo that are a little nervous about it all and scared to go into a shop, we've really put ourselves, I think, above and beyond a lot of other shops. We feel very welcoming. We love to bring the new people in because it's cool when you got somebody who's 40 and maybe say got away from the church and finding themselves and, and want to establish who they are. And they come to you because they think a tattoo will help them kind of take ownership of their body, but they were nervous. And so we really like like ushering people through that whole new experience at whatever age they are, whether they're young or old. And we definitely get a very eclectic group out here in Utah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. That kind of leads me into a question. You were, you were, you were, uh, when you're talking there, I, I thought of a question I got from, from a listener, Natalie, she said, wants to know what advice would you offer to someone who's on the fence about taking the plunge to get a tattoo? First thing I always ask people, I was like, have you talked to somebody? Yeah. You know, talk to like, like a tattoo what? artist. Okay. Yeah. Tattoo artist. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people, they don't even talk to the tattoo artist and they have any idea. And they talk to a friend who maybe he's got three and all of a sudden that's their authority. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> did it hurt? Yeah. Right. And they always love making up stories about how awful or this or that it could be, but like go in talk to a tattoo artist, get some recommendations. Um, talk to two or three, like, your money's really important. You worked really hard for it. Your skin is super important. You've been living with it your whole life. Like, and you're going to live with it yeah, the rest of your life. And these are precious things to you. And and if, if somebody doesn't understand that, you're not going to get coddled. Let me be first clear. First and foremost, you go into a tattoo shop, you're not going to get coddled. Like, the, <laughs> Oh, come on, man. No, there is no HR department. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they, they got into these jobs cause they didn't want to work in, in a, another job that had this structure to it. Right. So not everybody's going to be polished around the edges. So go in, talk to other tattoo artists, see how you feel. If you have a bond and you feel like this person gets your humor and your jokes, it's gonna be way easier working with them than going because Sally recommended this person that you don't even know. And you're going to put all your trust into a stranger. Like go talk to people. You'll find somebody that you're like, man, this, this person's rad. I want to hang out with them more. They're going to show me a lot. What's the, um, the oldest person you've tattooed? I did a sleeve on a 65 year old lady church goer. This is in Florida. She was a big church goer. Um, it was real cute because she used to come in every single time. Every time she'd come in, she goes, you know, there's only two places I can use the word fuck. And I go, okay, where? She goes, my therapist in here. And she's like, <laughs> let's get fucking started. And I was like, you got it, you know. Yeah. And she must have been all of like five foot two. And she got a sleeve from her wrist on up. For her first, no other tattoos she prior. She started that. with a small one and just kept going and kept adding. And then all of a sudden, we're just like filling in the area and just going for it. Yeah, it was interesting because it was more. Her skin wasn't that great, so the the type of quality of work that you want to put in there is sometimes limiting because they maybe don't heal right or they've got some old flaky dry skin and and keeping it nourished is really hard. So you have to learn how to make it more about the experience for them and still give them a readable, clean tattoo that lasts forever. So sometimes I'm really focused on the visual and I'm trying to do like a picture perfect sunset. That's very surreal and has a lot of deep meaning. And then sometimes you're just trying to have a really cool experience with somebody that just wants to sit and talk to you or, or have you listen to them, you know? And sometimes going to a tattoo artist is like a therapy session. You know, that's why you probably feel like a therapist sometimes that, and probably like, you know, uh, what do they call it when, when they, they say they, they get somebody and they put them in uh, the holding cell and the cops. Oh, an interrogation. Oh, Sometimes sure. it's an interrogation because you're kind of like under duress. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I might ask you some questions that when we're in the street, you can walk away, but you're like, shit, I got another three hours. This yeah. hurts. I'm going to tell this person whatever. Cause I just don't care right now. And so you get some really cool gossip. And the fact that I have somewhat of a short-term memory problem, like I don't even remember the gossip. So I'm excited the next time they come in because I'm going to get some new gossip, I think. Uh, it might be the same story they told me 10 times, but I'm always like excited to hear such strange, you know, personal human experiences from these people. Do you think like kind of on that same line of first tattoos and taking the plunge and doing all this, and, and you were even talking about this lady you were doing a sleeve for, she had a small tattoo and you kind of worked bigger and bigger. Do you think like a person should get a big tattoo or a little tattoo for the first tattoo? 
Man, that's that's tough. I mean, I guess every everybody's different. It really depends on what you want to get it of. But we we kind of joke around and and talk about like some some small tattoos are like gateway tattoos. We're like, man, you get that one, you're not gonna stop. You know? And yeah. We've definitely had clients where they tell me they don't want to go past their elbow from their shoulder to the elbow. I'm not going anymore. It's not happening. I'm you like, still hear a lot of that, huh? Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to go to your wrist. And they're like, no, I'm not. And then I, before I even finish up the last session, they're already telling me about what they want for their wrist. Right. So people work themselves into larger tattoos. Um, I don't say, I don't think you need to do it right away, but people that jump into getting big tattoos and have done the research and are committed and they've got the right artist. Those people to me are really special. Like that. If you get one of those, that's like, I don't know, that's like a golden ticket. Like you get a very knowledgeable client that searches you out, that wants to commit and has never done it before. They've put away the idea that they're going to have to go through pain. They don't care about that. They put away the idea that they're not going to get it done in one session. So you've got this person that has a deep understanding of of your business without you ever having telling them anything. Like it's, it's really cool. So when they come in, it's way more welcoming for an artist to come up with stuff creatively and to bounce ideas off of them. Cause they're not dealing with the pain issue. Will it be done in an hour? Yeah. How much is it going to cost? They're like, Hey, I don't care about that. I'm committed and I want this thing for me. And you're the person I'm choosing to do it. That's a cool feeling and it doesn't happen often. So that's why I'm not pushing for people to do it because I know it's not for everyone. But when it does, and any of you out there that have ever just jumped into getting a big tattoo, well, let's say more than two sessions for your first tattoo, thank you, kudos, very appreciative, very appreciative. Yeah, no, I, you know, because you always hear people, you know, I just want a little tattoo, and I'm like, man, it could be so much better if it was bigger. Well, what was yours? Did you get a little one to My start? first tattoo yeah. was actually, it's it's kind of hard to pull it up with my pants, but I, I got a big, uh, vegan tattoo on the, I oh, used yeah. to be vegan, you oh, know, yeah, years yeah. ago. I, and, uh, it was, I was 18 years old. I was living in, um, in Pennsylvania actually. And, uh, uh, this, this, this guy's like knew I wanted to get a tattoo. He was actually kind of apprenticing to be a tattoo artist. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I've always wanted a vegan tattoo on my leg and I'm going to be vegan forever, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all this and that. And, you know, I don't regret it, man. It was part of my life, man. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, tells a story. Do you look at it kind of like a postcard on your fridge, like of who you were and yeah. where, yeah. You yeah. Know, when I, you look at it, you're like, oh, that's me. I was, yeah. like, I was that age. I yeah. did do that. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's pretty big. It's, it's pretty much from the knee. To, it goes from like pretty much the, you know, like my knee level to, to my ankle. Damn. So it covers the whole, you know, you went for wood it. Le it's like log lettering with a vine going through it. And awesome. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah. yeah, that was, that was my first one. And then, and then after that, I'm trying to, I think it was a big angel. I have this big angel on, or some, whoops, somewhere on my arm of a big angel, yeah. that kind of a garbage tattoo I got from a, from a biker dude in Salt Lake. And yeah, where yeah. at? Uh, we won't mention it. Shop oh. on here. Well, Shout out yeah. to, we won't mention it. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Cause you know, I don't want to give him any publicity. And okay, <laughs> fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, um, it, there was a, gosh, there was another question I had. Now my mind is blank, but, uh, no, no, worries. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We'll go back here to some more, more questions here is, um, Sue's, S-U-Z, hopefully I'm saying her name right, is what job would you want if you weren't a tattoo artist? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what if you didn't become a tattoo artist? What if Mason Atlas was not a tattoo artist? 
Um, like a fireman or something? Actually, that's one of them I did pursue. But no kidding. I, yeah. I just kind of no, was nailed it. No, I, I, the whole idea of being like important in a stressful situation is something I always was in my head as a child. I don't know where it came from, but I always wanted to be useful. Like always find yourself useful, you know? And when I was considering kind of sliding over from tattooing and possibly having like a different job, um, I went and pursued paramedic and firefighting and really loved it, did great with it. Um, but when I had the opportunity to actually get the job, I fell back in love with tattooing and I was like, I'm staying here. This is what I'm doing. So there was a time in the, in the, over the last 20 years that you thought about bailing couple times I was thinking about pursuing like becoming a pilot. Yeah. I was thinking about pursuing becoming a, a professional skydiver. Um, I did that for a number of years and was professional skydiver. There's yeah. such a thing. Yeah. Doing tandems for people on their first ones, teaching other people how to skydive. I ended up doing that for a little bit and I did videography. I lived out in Hawaii and so I had my mornings free and I would go skydive all the time. And they asked me to pack <laughs> some parachutes for them because they were down a person. And I was like, sure. Um, they took me on, I ended up packing all the tandems in the morning and skydiving, you know, all the way till the afternoon. And then I would go drive to work and tattoo to about eight o'clock, come home and wake up and do it all over again. You, you, you kind of got me stuck in that part where you said all the time skydiving, yeah. like yeah. this isn't just a one time uh, deal. Like, no. like you would go like yeah. way up in the air yeah. in an airplane. Like you wouldn't just, this wasn't just like base jumping off of a little tower. Or I something. did that too. Um, yeah. that's one of the reasons I got brought out to Salt Lake city as well, but we can table that for a little bit later. But with skydiving, I was, yeah, I was wingsuiting. I was shooting video for the tandems. What? Just living it. And I, you I would never catch me up there, man. I would never do that. That is not, not yeah. heights is not your thing. You, or you don't care about heights. Like, like it doesn't bug you. No, I think it's mitigation of risk is like understanding all the facets of the things that are around you. And then how far can you push yourself in this risky situation? And what I ended up learning through doing a lot of these different things is that the more you understand something, you know, it compared to somebody who would consider it risky, who's never really approached it. And so if, if I can have a really good understanding of what the risk is, what the equipment is doing, how to fly comfortably in the air, how to exit the plane properly and start adding all these things that I've become really good at. Yeah. I feel that the risk kind of goes away and your fun factor rises really, really high. And so I've, I've taken a lot of those things into my life and kept pursuing them. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could talk me. I don't know. Not, do you still go out skydiving? Uh, I have a four year old, I have a 17 year old and I have a baby on the way. So I, don't think skydiving will be back in the picture anytime too soon. I really don't. I still have all my equipment. I have all my wingsuits. I got all my rigs. Like I've got all the gear. Um, it's just sitting in a nice plastic tub right now. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see if I get back into it. I, I know that the owners of the drop drop zone, uh, Skydive Utah, shout out to those guys. They're really good. So if anybody's interested, great group of people to go work with. Maybe um, I should have them on the podcast, man. I should, they're great. I, I should do a podcast. For it's them. a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting career choice to own a drop zone and to like pursue that as a career. Not only is skydiving interesting, but to actually go to the upper levels and dealing with a plane and dealing with pilots and, you know, sometimes flighty people that work for you. And yes, I know the pun when it's intended, but uh, it's a cool spot. I would imagine like with skydiving, yeah. The more you did it, the easier it became. 
because it was, it's like the first time you're just like, you have no idea what to expect. Yeah. And so you're just freaking out, I bet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that one time is the most, most people do it. You know, I think Mm -hmm. probably most people are like one and done. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're just freaked out with it. But then you go the second and third time. You're like, oh, okay. I know what to expect. I know this is going to take X amount of minutes to Mm -hmm. like, how long does it take you typically to fall, come from an airplane to the ground? Like how many, how many minutes is that? Probably. You do it. Uh, you can do it in like five minutes. Really? Like so that quick? Ex- exiting the plane. Yeah. I mean, you can get down there pretty quick. If you're in a wingsuit, you can take 10 minutes, 15 minutes if you wanted to. Because the wingsuit, you're not. And are those the ones that you're kind of flying? Like I've seen like TikTok videos yeah, and stuff yeah. with those. Yeah. So you could take, you take more time because your glide is maybe making you go five to 10 feet forward with one foot down. Whereas if you're just with no wingsuit and no restrictions of like, uh, fabric, then you can point your head down to the earth and just shoot down there like 200 plus miles an hour. No kidding. Yeah. 200 miles. Oh, easy. And then your parachute opens and you can quickly get down to the ground with your parachute and like control your descent and make it look cool, which is called a swoop. And people do that. Or you could just have a big parachute over your head and just kind of slowly gingerly land on the ground. So there's a lot of different ways that you could do it depending on your personality and your skills. What's the percentage of people that crap their pants. I mean, especially if you start going 200 miles per hour, you're going to be crapping your pants. I don't care if you got rid of it before you went up there. This is a statistic that I have no foundational evidence about other than the experience alone. I think more people crap their pants getting tattooed than they do skydiving. Have you had anybody crap their pants while they're getting a tattoo? Yes, sir. No kidding. Yes, I wouldn't sir. even. I wouldn't even think to ask that question. No, a lot, but we've had some people, and like if it's ever happened to you, it's understandable. The nervous system goes. Yeah, no, we're not. Crazy. We're not. We're not trying to like sure. you know point the fingers cr- or laugh at anybody here. No, the, and you know it's it's a it's a tough situation for anybody anybody to be in, and uh, I think I've seen it more when I worked at shops that were super scary. And yeah. not as communicative with the client while they're waiting. And so I think when you're waiting and it's your first one and your brain starts going nuts and starts stirring up anxiety and coupled with the other anxieties, right? Uh, and then it comes time for the tattoo. And this is the this is the part that nobody believes. When the tattoo actually doesn't hurt nearly as much as what you imagined it, your brain goes, okay, you know what? You fucked us. You You lied to us and you said we were about to go through hell. And this isn't that bad. I'm going to turn off and people pass out. And when people pass out, sometimes they get like uh, petite seizures or they don't oh, get wow. just, and it's just a nervous it's a central nervous system reaction to it. And so they when their brain shuts down, they'll get little shudderings. Um, and then sometimes they're so anxious that they release their bladder. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> we got a mop, we got a bucket. Yeah, you yeah. deal with it, you yeah. know, and just, it is what it is, yeah. I guess, you know. Be, Have, be an adult about it, I guess. It's, I mean, sometimes these people are really cool. They're like, well, shit, that just happened. I'm like, are you okay? Do you want to go home? And they're like, no, I got another pair in the car. And I'm like, wait, is this something that you've been through <laughs> several times? Why do you have an extra pair of, never mind, I'm glad you do. Okay, let's yeah. finish the tattoo. Yeah, no know? questions, I won't yeah. ask, let's yeah. just go. We're just hosing them out, out back in the summertime. Just, here you go, got you, bud. You know? Yeah. No, but we haven't had to deal with any of that in a, in a really long time too. And, and I think things have changed with tattooing where people are talking to them a little bit more, but as far as like that happening in the plane, I'm sure there's some videos of some wild stuff like that. But in my experience for the, the four or five years that I was doing it consistently every day, never, never saw it once. 
Never, never talked about it. Either. You know, I, I know what I wanted to ask you now. My you mind, okay, now it, it came back <laughs> in my mind here. Yeah. What if one of because you, you mentioned you have kids, right? How many kids do you have? Uh, three. Well, two with one on the way. Okay, one on the way. What if one of them came up to you and said, Dad, I want to become a tattoo artist? Would you support him? Yeah, we would, we would, we would look into it pretty hard and try to figure out what it is they want to do with it. Um, hopefully, as a parent, I'm teaching them enough light skills that they could choose anything they want, and I would feel that they're confident in it. Yeah. Yeah. And if they wanted to, great. But I would suggest me not being their teacher. Really? <laughs> yeah. So you wouldn't want to teach your kids? Not because I don't want to. I would love to. But I think there's so many other roles that I play in the, my child's life that trying to get them to ascertain and compartmentalize me as a mentor and not being a father and not passing judgment, but I'm only judging the work that they're doing, not them as yeah. a person. I think there's there's too much closeness in that, right? And that could be bad. And they say for spouses not to teach the uh, spouse how to like snowboard or ski, like that could ruin marriages. Right. So I've always kind of adopted that same idea, but if, if they were willing to kind of go through the gauntlet with me, uh, I'm not easy. I'm not mean, but I want things done in a really good way. And I want people to stand for what they do. So hopefully my child would be okay yeah. taking that kind of criticism to me because I don't, I don't criticize them nearly as much as the way that I criticize the artists that I work with, not in a negative way, but I, we do have critiques, continuous critiques and we do break down things. And sometimes it's really hard to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd want to, like I said, put that hat on with my children. I might like where we're at in our relationship, you know? So no, I, I, I like that answer, you know, cause you always hear like these parents that it's like, you, you find out that they wouldn't want their kids to go down the same path that they did their career choices. Mm -hmm. Right. But I was kind of curious, like a tattoo artist, I'm like, that, well, that's a, that's a noble profession. Like there's nothing, you know, wrong about it. And it, it, you know, I mean, sure you might get like some carpal tunnel or something from your, you know, but, but pretty, pretty low impact on your body. You know, it's not like a, like a huge, uh, you know, labor job, like construction or roofing or, or yeah. something like that, right? Shout out to all those hard workers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. nothing wrong with them either. But again, no. it's it it, it 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 can play a toll on your body. Yeah, I would. I, it, if they want to do it, it's great. I want them to do whatever they do at the highest level, and so that's that's what I would. Hopefully, I'm teaching them that now. And when it came down to it, they would do it. But no, tattooing's been great. I I literally lived all over the world. Yeah. Like from Australia to Iceland, I've lived not just a couple weekends, but like for months and in some places for years. And it gave me so many great friends, so many life experiences that I, I really don't think I could duplicate if I tried again. Right. So, uh, no, I would never shut that idea. Yeah, down. no, I, I didn't think you would. Yeah, I was yeah. just curious. Yeah, I was just yeah. curious. It's a great question. You know, a, a dad and a son tattoo shop, that'd be kind of cool, man. Like, uh, that lineage, because I've met a couple people that have had parents or uncles that were tattoo artists and they followed in the footsteps, like that lineage to me is super impressive. Like I've met yeah. a few just recently who come from like, I'm the daughter of this tattoo artist that was tattooing at this shop over in this area. And I was like, I know that shop. I know, I know that area. I know that person. Wow. You're their daughter. Holy cow. This is cool. And you're like, I want to get a tattoo from you now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm meeting history. Like I get to, I get to be a part of this thing and, and meet the next generation from the, you know, the generation before me. And it's, it's really cool. Like I, I like that kind of stuff a lot. Do you, uh, do you like getting tattooed or do you hate it? I don't know what happened, but like you get a little bit older and you got, I probably, 
probably have like 70% of my body covered and it just sucks now, man. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that from, oh. from, from tattoo artists, especially they're just like, it just, it hurts. When you get older, you know what it's happening. You yeah. know what I mean? You're like, Oh, that's, you're going to sit and tattoo me where for six hours. And no, uh, uh-uh. you know what I mean? Like you think you can do something about it. Cause you know too much. Yeah. And, uh, I was currently getting tattooed on my sleeve and it was like six hours out of clip. And I was like, how the hell am I going to deal with this, man? This is not going to go well. And we would, and I would suffer and sign up for another sitting another couple months later, like an idiot, you know? And then to me, the worst is, uh, the night, like that first night's sleep after getting a tattoo, it's like, it's like a massive sunburn, just like, oh, just you can't get any, you can't get comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the plastic wrap sometimes uh, still on you at least for now. It's just like, come on. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah. let's see here we got a few more questions here cool. let's get back to these here is i'm i zz i'm not sure how he pronounces his name uh he wants to know music or no music while you're creating uh music definitely um subcategory from music television shows that are very dialogue heavy really yeah like if i'm we'll just we'll use this one and i think it's a tattoo artist's favorite like the office or uh Parks and Rec. Or, really? Okay. Yeah, like listening to these shows that we've listened to and maybe watched several times, I like. I don't have to necessarily see it, but I can play like a movie in my head. And somehow that kind of subtle distraction helps when I'm focusing on the other part. Okay. For me, I, I don't, if I had just a dull room and noise canceling headphones with no music, I, I don't think I would be able to produce with the same kind of liveliness that that show or really good music gives me. What about with a client? Would you play a show with a client too? I guess I have for a while, like yeah. we'll have certain clients and I have to write down what show we were binging while I was tattooing them. So the next session, I just can put that show back on for them again. Yeah. You know, like there's been a bunch of shows that I've introduced friends to, and sometimes I won't see a client for a while. And then I'm like, man, I really want to follow, like finish Yellowstone, but I have to wait for my client to come back in so we can jump back into the episodes that we were watching together. It's very strange, but it's weird. Like that, that does come up. <laughs> it does come up a lot. We don't have a, we don't have a TV in the shop that I'm in that right now where we can do that as much, but in previous shops and, and different um, studios that I've had, I've had television for my clients so they can just zone out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually, now that you say that, I, I actually, um, when I was getting my, my sleeve done, um, well, you probably know Vic back, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know Vic? He, he was, he did my sleeve many years ago and, and he introduced me to some, some pretty funny stuff back in the day. So shout out to Vic for, for, uh, introducing me to some fun comedy actually before uh before i forget i want to bring up um this isn't a question but you brought in some some local locally made soap yeah uh which thank you by the way absolutely i'll have to i'll use it you know and get all nice and (laughs) do what you want fresh with it uh chris from the hive mind apron he's, he's actually been on the podcast yeah and which which is rad when when these people that have been on my show and then they get teamed up and you know it just happens talk about that talk about that relationship and, and you're talking you're doing some bee stuff with him is he teaching you how to be a beekeeper he or? is uh we did we did a couple seasons of beekeeping it went really well he's been um incredibly helpful of like just kind of bringing me up to speed and and, and it's not like beekeeping's really all that difficult sorry to any beekeepers out there that believe different you know but 
I've learned like if you, I couldn't do it. It's kind of like plants. Like you're not going to go up to a plant and grab it and and pull (laughs) on it all the time and, and, and dig out the dirt to check the roots. Right. So like when you have a beehive, you let the bees do what they know how to do naturally. You're, You're checking it only incremental times so that you can make sure that they're either fed, there's no mites, few things like that, but you just want to leave it alone and make sure that you're giving them ease of operation. Right. Mm -hmm. So with Chris, we, on a personal level, we get along great. Like it's fun. I've tattooed him. We talk a lot. He's helped me with the beekeeping thing. Um, he produces these soaps and because I have a tattoo shop and we specialize in aftercare, I started wanting to use more organic things. I wanted to use more natural things and I wanted to learn about it. And so Chris has been a wealth of knowledge for things like that. Um, I feel the products that he makes are just exceptional. And what's coming up now is that him and I are going to get a little more involved with beekeeping. Um, we're going to run a kind of a test this year to see how it goes. Um, he, I forget how you would explain it. He's basically going to be contracting out hives and getting them to this guy that brings them into almond farms and cherry farms in California. Hmm. And they need it to help um, pollinate all the almond, almond like trees. Right. And they get better yields when they bring out bees that can do this for them. And then this guy then brings back our hives. He renders the honey and some of the other things that come with it. And then we get our hive back with the honey, possibly get paid for it. So what I'm doing with Chris is, I'm going to start holding more hives at my house and then um, at the actual tattoo shop. And so if this starts going really well, I'm going to take the beeswax from our hives and we'll start producing aftercare. I've got a chemist lined up where we're going to come up with our own signature smell and feel so that we've got basically from, from, from hive to aftercare, like we're going to handle everything in it. And it's been a real joy to actually work with him and to learn a lot about the bees. I actually, I need to reach out to him and even bring him back here through the podcast. He's, it's been a minute since I've chatted with him, but so you're going to put some hives at your house too. Yeah. I'm going to probably have like four at my house. And if everything goes well with what he's going to be doing with these contracts to bring them out to the almond farms, um, we'll probably put another 20 or 30 on top of the shop, like on our, so, on our so does it, I mean, can you just put them anywhere? You don't need to like put them out in a big open field and away from people. Like nah, the bees because- will fly close to five mile radius away from the hive and come back. And if they found, let's say certain like springtime's coming up, um, there's only certain flowers that start to, to blossom right now. And so um, these bees will go out, they'll find it, they'll come back and they'll communicate to other bees. And that same bee will make sure it goes back to that same uh species of flower so that it's pollinating it. It's not going to keep trying to find other ones. Right. And so it tells the bees and then they go to that area and collect. And then when something else starts to flower, they shift and go to another group or species of flower to pollinate. And as you get from springtime to fall, the honey changes depending on what's pollinating. So I have some fall honey that is really rich in taste and has this like very beautiful earthy taste as it's late season and less you know, more botanical stuff isn't flowering and you've got other types of stuff that is towards the fall here in Utah, you get a different flavor from it. Yeah. So these bees know what they're doing. You don't, yeah. you, you just let them go. They'll, they'll go where they need to go, find what they need to find per the time that it's blossoming and bring it back, process the honey and just keep that thing growing. I would just be afraid my kids would get into it. Though, or something. No, we, me and my, me and my daughter, when she was three, we would sit closer than you and I are to one another and we would watch the bees just come in and out and I would show her and I'd just put my hand where the opening was and B 
bees would sometimes land on me. They didn't care as long as I wasn't messing with them, wasn't beating up the hive, wasn't trying to tear the roof off of it. You know, they didn't care. And even when they did, I would still do it without a suit on. You know, I was just calm, <sighs> calm, cool. I got zapped in the lip one time pretty bad. Like, I don't know. It was man. swollen up. Like I just got I into a know. fight. Yeah. I have this weird, like, I don't know if it's not a phobia, but like just bee stings. Just, oh, they suck. Yeah. They suck. But it doesn't hurt as much as it did when I first started doing it. Like I'm, I'm I think I'm more just, <laughs> now you just take it. I guess Give so. it to me. I, it, or I'm just getting stung less. And, and when I, when I know to control my breathing and my anxiety and I walk up to the hive and I'm not, you know, hyperventilating or anything like that and and i'm moving calmly and and you hear this buzzing noise it does something it's meditative yeah it really is because if i were to come in there and you were to come over and i'm like oh let's go check out the hive and you're pumped and i'm like you know you really want to bring this calm energy because you're coming into their space and if the bees don't feel that you're a threat they're not going to deploy the soldiers to come after you because they don't they don't want to spend more time screwing you know screwing with you because they got other stuff that they got to be doing so if you're calm, cool, and collected, they're calm, cool, and collected, and it's harmonious. It's it's really there's there's studies, and you know if somebody wants to hit me up, I could try to send you some um, on my Instagram. But there's studies that 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 sound, that resonance, really hits inside of you and like brings you down and lowers your and just lowers your anxiety. And when I have my daughter out there watching it, I feel like I'm doing something really good for her, and I'm. Maybe your bee phobia came as a child and, and nobody approached it the right way for you and nobody yeah. helped you through it, right? And they just said, stay away from all of these things. Wasps and bees are horrible, you know, and you never learned the difference. She knows the difference between wasps, yellow jackets, bees, and she's calm and cool with the bees. And when the wasp comes, she knows to put her hands down and just walk away from them and get away. Yeah. And Very cool. Yeah, it's wild. It's really wild. <laughs> that was a deep dive, but no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I just got a couple more questions sure. here, though. But um, one isn't really a question. AJ from the Chocolate Conspiracy. Yeah. I guess you're tattooing him. Yeah. And he just wanted to say he's excited to listen to this episode. He had no questions to really oh, ask. He's great, but, but he, he's excited. He was excited to hear that I'm going to have you on the show. Have again. you had him on? I have. It was many, 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 many years ago. I need to get him back on through here again. He's a great they, guy. They're doing such great things. I, I such love, good chocolate. Yeah, the chocolate's amazing. Their packaging is amazing. Like the way they run their stuff. Um, I mean, there's a lot of love put into it. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard this. There's an old quote, or I don't know how I heard it, but it, you don't want to bake with gur, like, like, urgh, right? Yeah. And, and there ain't no gur in anything that he makes. It's all love. And so just the chocolates, the truffles that he's done, he's helped us out for um, wedding showers, baby showers, all different stuff. Like I tell him I'll put in a custom order for some truffles. And man, those are the hit at the party. Like everybody's just like dying when they have them. He is He's a true artiste. Yeah, if you live in Salt Lake City or or anywhere close by, tr and you haven't tried any yeah. chocolate conspiracy, I don't even know where are they still in 300 West there? Or did uh, they, they, they moved? moved they they moved. moved. Okay, see, so it's been a minute since mm -hmm. I've. But he used to be. So he's inside Caputo's now. No, no, no. no. I was gonna say if you wanted to find his stuff, oh, one place that I know oh, is Caputo's, okay. but they they have a new shop, and I, I feel horrible right now. No, I it, can't it, remember yeah, the address. It, 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 yeah, Google it or something, or, or look them up on they Facebook. They do tours and they do classes too for people. Yeah. So if you're ever interested, or you got like a date night that you want to do and do something special, hit up the Chocolate Conspiracy. They'll they'll take care of you. Yeah. 
It's look fun. at that. Look at yeah. that. And they're not even a sponsor of the show. No, right? you know, but, but we got to give them some love. This, and this, this whole, this is the reason why I love your show so much. It's about this local love. You know, yeah. you're looking out to, to highlight some people that are doing some real talents and what we've talked about two or three already yeah. you know, that we both have in common. Well, I mean, out. ultimately it's these unique businesses and unique people that make cities awesome. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, mine too. And, and I've lived a handful of places in my life. Not as many as it sounds like you have. I haven't really done the international <laughs> like you have, but Salt Lake city, it's a special breed of people yeah. or in, and, and it's, it's really not all, I mean, like you, you're from Florida or, or you moved mm-hmm. here from Florida. You know, I don't know where you were born and raised, but Florida. okay. So it, we're, you know, I'm from California. You got a lot of, but for some reason we all, we all, we all migrate here mm-hmm. and we all, and we all find each other. We're, you know, we're, we're, we've got this entrepreneur. We want to create our own businesses. We want to kind of do something unique a lot of times, or a lot of times we're just people that want to support it too, but, mm-hmm. but it's a special type of people here. It, I think this place rewards people that are, are willing to take a, take a risk. Yeah, I really do. I think, uh, in businesses, entrepreneurs, the way it's set up with, you know, just the city of Mill Creek alone helped me out tremendously. When COVID hit, they were emailing me saying, Hey, here's some grants you can get for advertising. Yeah. And I filled out the grants. I did it. And they go, Hey, you know, not as many people took advantages as, as we thought we're going to double the amount for you. And <laughs> my wife just had her baby. <clears throat> uh, uh, we, we found out she wasn't getting paid paternity leave like oh, literally man. a week or two after, which was a big shock to us. Uh, COVID had just happened all these things. And when you turn around and, and you're a tattoo shop and, and the city wants to help you, I know it's not because I'm just a tattoo shop. It's because I'm, I'm one of their businesses, right? You know, there is some revenue that they get from us, but they really made me feel like, Hey, you're a part of the city. We're going to try. You're going to try here. Let's help you out. And so this place rewards people that want to go just a little bit beyond what's, uh, what's, what's average, what's normal, right? If yeah. you want to take that extra step, I really, I really feel like this place rewards that better than other places that I've seen. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I'd have to have to agree with that yeah. one. But uh, one more question here from, uh, from Jeff. He's a, he's a listener of the show. He's been for a while. I mean, I guess they're all listeners to the questions I'm assuming, but uh, Jeff wants to know is I want to know the weirdest tattoo request he's ever had. I'm sure you hear this question all the time. Man. See, it's a, it's kind of a, a, a skewed view of perspective, right? Like <clears throat> weird for me is a good day. Like if I get to do something weird, I'm like pumped about it. And it just goes in my bucket of like, Oh, that was a cool day. Um, but things that are weird that I'm like, Oof, I don't know if somebody should be getting that. Uh, a lot of the time it's names of significant others. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a very strange one to me. I I won't tell them. No, I, I do a thing where I ask them three times if they want it. And if they say yes, three times I put my hands up and I just do the damn job. Right. Cause I'm just there for that. So that one always throws me off. Um, Especially like if they just started dating or something. That's what, the weirdest what, what one. Are you, what are you, what's going on here? There was a day I did two cover-ups of ex uh, like wives <laughs> on the former husbands. And I covered up the ex wife's name with a new girlfriend's name. Oh, geez. Two in the same day. And not even no, just no coincidences, no yeah, relationship. It was the wildest thing to me. And I got done with that. I was like, what 
the hell is going on? Like, am I in the like like Twilight Zone yeah, or something? Like, is is you know, is there a camera? Is this a spoof show? And yeah, they've been married for many many years. Some of I think one guy, the divorce wasn't even final. And he's like, I want this girl's name covered up her name and put this. I was like, you realize what you're doing, right? Did you say that? Did you tell him? Yeah. I'm like, you know, you're covering up a name because now you don't want it with a new name. He goes, yeah, man, she's beautiful. I love her. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, and we do it. So I, I try not to be judicial. I try not to have any kind of thought on what people should or shouldn't get. But that one got me because it's like, you're literally redoing the thing that you shouldn't have done to begin with again. Yeah. So again, throw my hands up and I'm like, cool, this is my job. This is what I do. Yeah. So that one's always been weird, but I thought we were going to stay, you know, PG 13 with this. So I might go a little, little bit. You can go as, you can go as grotesque as you want, man. There's no no ratings on this show. (laughs) Okay, good. So, uh, and, and, and I'll keep it clean, but. Do you uh, tattoo like a penis or something or what? No, I've seen, seen those tattooed, but he had like tiger stripes on his and I was like, okay, you know, yeah. another one, a dragon. But, uh, I had to do like a little red ant on top of this girl's hood, which the hood is that part, right? That yeah. covers the clit. So I was like, right on your hood. She's like, yep. And I was like, okay. And I didn't really get the answer why, but she's, she's, she that had to hurt. No, she wasn't hurting. She was not in pain. Okay. And, it made it even a little bit weirder because then I'm like, man, this is starting getting really close to like a prost, like I'm a prostitute. <laughs> like yeah. I'm doing something to her body for money and she's getting this pleasure out of it. And, uh, she was very professional about it. Like she, she would, she's like, I'm sorry, this feels really good right now. Like would tell me, you know? Okay. 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 So I, I had, see that. Yeah. I okay. Okay. The, she didn't like just put me in a situation and make me like her toy to get off on. Right. That would have been bad. Like we didn't cross that line, but she kept, she kept it very professional and she's like, sorry, I thought this would hurt more, but it actually feels really good right now. Can you give me a second? You know? And I'm like, huh, this is, this is strange. This is a very strange day for me right now. And so I guess she wanted the little red ant. So her, whoever she was going to be dating could find the spot to touch. It's like, it's about the size of an ant bite is what she would tell him. So she wanted to put an ant by her little ant bite of her erogenous zone. So it would help give her next suitors directions. Well, and on that note, we have a secret person. Now. <laughs> Bring on in here to the studio. We got ant girl. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> yeah. It was a while. That, that, a that definitely wins weirdest tattoo. Oh. I, I think, uh, man, I feel like some people could probably beat that. Mine yeah. have been pretty tame. Like I said, the weird for me is what I enjoy. And well, that, that one was strange. Yeah. I mean, okay. Maybe, maybe strange is a yeah. better, you know, weird, you know, weird designs, you know, that that's fun. You know, funky stuff is cool, but just kind of, uh, you know, not only cause you're, you're kind of, I mean, how long did that tattoo take you? I think the whole thing, the setup, everything was like two, three hours. The tattoo was all of like 10 minutes. Well, that's what I mean though. But so she's pretty much, I mean, it's in your face for, for even 10 minutes. For sure. I mean, it's like, yeah, Whoa, yeah. You know? and I'm like, just everything's right there. Again, everything is like really professional. And, and I kind of knew the person too beforehand and they, they really didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I I didn't have a problem with it. But, it was, but you had to be professional. I mean, you're not going to be like well, gross you know, about it. Or. Once they start cracking a joke to kind of like 
level the mood out, you know, and they, they understand how the situation is, you, you, it quickly ends any kind of idea of it being awkward, like instantly. Like I used to do piercings all the time too. And so if, if, if I was piercing, say a guy's penis or whatever, uh, he might be awkward, you know, I wait for him to crack his joke. You follow in line with the level of joke that he's using. You do your job. Don't say too much. You're done. You're out. You don't even really think about it, you know? So there are those strange moments, but you just, you just rely on the professionalism and treat the person like a human. And then the whole thing goes really, really well. Makes sense to me. Yeah. I just, yeah. Well, as we're, as we kind of wind this episode up a little bit, I of course want to talk about your art classes because you do yeah. art, art classes there at, mm-hmm. uh, at the tattoo shop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Talk, talk about, uh, <laughs> talk about what, what, what that's all about. Cause I thought that was a little unique the last time yeah. we had you through. We, we've really expanded, I think from the last time we talked, we had kind of a, a single idea and mission and that was to provide, um, an eight week free course to anybody who wanted to become a tattoo artist to help them organize their portfolio. So it's a portfolio building course. And we also go down the road and teach a little bit about finance, like what it looks like if you're going to be a tattoo artist, what um, healthcare looks like, um, you know, saving up for retirement. All these things are very different because you're not given a paycheck. You're a commission-based, you know, employee or artist or whatever. Um, I haven't had a paycheck for over 20 plus years, you know, but I did it. I was able to buy a house and and travel and and purchase a car and have good credit. And I learned a lot of things along the way. So I try to bring that knowledge in there. Um, I try to give them just a really good perspective of what they're getting into. And this course doesn't teach tattooing. It prepares people so that they can be taught how to tattoo. And with this course, we get about last couple of years, we had about 50 or 60 applicants this year. We're probably going to get over a hundred and we limit it down to 12. And all of these people that have participated in this course, more than half of each year that we've done it have gone on to get apprenticeships. So there's a lot of success in that. And they've gone on to really good, notable shops. Um, <clears throat> so a hundred people apply and then maybe only, you're only going to pick 12 of them. Yeah. It's a, it's a free course. So it's, it's not the easiest to get in. Um, I really try to keep the numbers low so that I can give a lot of hands on time with them. I bring other artists in from my shop and from other shops around this area. So eyes are being put on them. I display it via social media. Um, I think it's tattoo junior 2022 or 2023 is the Instagram. I need to change it. Um, you can see some of the past people that we do. When we're done with this whole eight weeks, I set up a gallery show. Urban Arts Gallery has been nice yeah. enough to help us out the last couple of years that we've done it. We've done it a few times down in Park City as well. So it's a really cool program. And because of the success of the program and the fact that more and more people are applying, I have then came up with separate art classes. And uh, we just finished January and February. We did a sketchbook class where I just teach the fundamentals of what a sketchbook is and, and sounds silly, but a lot of people don't know how to use a sketchbook to really get the most out of it. So I just go over the fundamentals of that. Then we transition into more of taking what's in the sketchbook that looks like it's got promise and developing it into a portfolio. And if people start getting some really good portfolios, then I ask them to be in this junior program that I do. So I do art classes leading up all with the premise of getting an apprenticeship. So this whole course, everything is related around tattooing, marketability, Instagram, um, how, how to get clients, how to draw stuff. So your brand kind of comes through, Yeah. um, how, 
it, it's really remarkable because I see these, these young artists, these talented artists get in this that are real raw and they're like, I'm going to be a tattoo artist. I'm like, you're honestly not going to, nobody's going to know what you're up to unless you can package your talent in a way that describes you easily when you go drop it off. Like it's very difficult to get to know somebody enough for them to trust you to say, I want to teach you, but here's how we package it. Here's how we put it all together. Um, we make them look really polished because I know myself and other shops, they must get five to 10 people a week asking them how, how can they get into tattooing? It seems to yeah. be the new hot shit, right? <laughs> so I, I put these classes together and I basically said, if you think you got it, show come, up, yeah, come, join come, the come class. to a class. I mean, it, you'll learn a lot. We have people that don't want to be tattoo artists that take it too. Yeah, I was going to say, it could be beneficial for oh. any, any like 1099, like self-employed person sure. almost, you know? Absolutely. And we've had people that want to be tattoo artists and then uh, they got through the junior program and then decided they're just going to do murals. They're like, I just want to do murals. They're like, I just want to illustrate kids books. And that's fine. It, it gives them an opportunity to work around like-minded artists that are talented to see what avenues they could go down to talk to other artists that are working and go, Oh, I didn't know that that was possible. Let me go pursue it. So it's a real eye opener. And it's for us, it's huge because it's building up our community, not only where we live, but also the tattoo community and making stronger artists that have great ethics and a firm understanding. So that way, when they get towards the later part of their career, they're not going, Oh shit, I didn't save for retirement. Oh shit. I don't have healthcare. Like, like that's, that's a, huge, I would say it's a huge issue in tattooing is that you'll get some of these guys that get older and they don't have insurance and then they get sick and then they want to do these GoFundMes and you're just like, oh my God, you didn't plan this at all. Nobody taught you any of this stuff. So not only we do yeah, that. But who taught you, man? Life. Yeah. I've, I've always seeked out mentors, like people that definitely know more than me. And I've, I've made friends with them. I've, I've, I've done what I can so that I can have constant communication with these people so that they can teach me. And now I have a, a huge Rolodex and that, damn, that's a dated word, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I know what you're talking about here. I got, I got contacts in my phone for days. No. So I've got this list of these really talented people that are, are the business savvy and, 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 and know about this stuff that aren't tattoo artists that are more than willing to share their knowledge to help step up the level of professionalism that this job potentially can have. Cause we don't, we haven't even, we haven't even hit the top of it with, we don't even know how like amazing this, this whole career can be. We know it's, I still feel it's in its infancy. Like, I don't think we've hit our Renaissance yet. Like I, I think we're with tattooing. There. Yeah. I think oh, we're yeah. getting there. And I think programs like myself and a few other artists around town that are really putting up art classes. Like there's a lot of other shops that host figure drawing nights. So if you're looking for something like that, um, message me, I'll tell you some of the other shops. Um, they're doing figure drawing night, paint nights, things like that. And a lot of them are starting to open them up to the community, not only tattoo artists, but just people in their area yeah. to, to build this better bond for artists. I think musicians are lucky because they get to play with one another and they get to get influenced off of people that have totally different life experiences. And I think artists most of the time are very, um, very isolated, you know, and they just work with themselves. And what I'm trying to do is build a community. If somebody wants to take advantage of it, they can learn more from it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was a little long winded. Sorry. It was a little roundabout, but that's what we're doing with those classes. And like I said, all the classes lead up into my junior program, which will probably be at the end of summer. 
uh, beginning of fall this year. And um, I expect it to be a really big one. Like I have a really cool gallery show planned for it. Um, hopefully we can get some people that can help us with some funding so I can bring some more money into it so I can get some better guest speakers. Not better, sorry. Uh, a more wide variety of guest speakers. I want to bring in some some real strong professionals and and have them be able to share their knowledge with a lot of these young artists. How can, if people, as, you know, for, for listeners now, uh, well, for people listening, and if they want to take the art classes, if they want to get tattooed by you, what's the best way to connect with you? Our website, thehiveslc.com. That's got all our lists of our classes. It's got all our artists, got upcoming events. I try to update it like every two weeks. So all my classes will be on there or if they want, they can just email me from the website or if they're, they don't want to do that. And they're already on Instagram right now. Just hit me up at uh, Mason Atlas. And there you I, go. Yeah, I pretty much met, uh, I answered back all those messages yeah. and, and help them out and, let them know what kind of course of action they can take too. Yeah. And go, go on the Instagram and, and go check out some of his tattoos and uh, you know, the work that he's done. And, and uh, you know, I always say everybody that I bring through here, how important it is. If you're listening to reach out to them and say, Mason, I heard you on the podcast, man. Love what you're doing. Even if you don't go to the shop, even if you don't take the classes, even if you don't do any of that stuff, reach out to him and say hello. Yeah. Just reach out period, man. Like yeah. if, if whether it's me or anyone else that's on the show, like, just say what's up. There's a lot of genuine people that want to go past yeah. just the social media aspect of just showing what they do every day. They like interacting. You know, I do. Well, I think that's a, the, the purpose of it, I you think know, so. and, and, uh, at least for me and, and there's, there's nothing tougher than when you try to reach out to somebody and they're just like, either don't respond or, or <clears throat> it's like, gosh, you know, isn't this supposed to be social media, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. uh, dude, it's been, it's, it's always fun to, to chat with you and, and, Appreciate and, um, find out what you got going on. Uh, so glad that we were able to do it in person this time. Yeah. Is there anything, I mean, I, I know there's probably tons you could talk about and tons you could share, but is there anything like coming up that you want to promote anything that you wanted to make sure we talk about why the recorder's still going, why we're hot, why um, we're going here? Yeah. The, the art classes are coming up. March is going to be coming out. Uh, or you can sign up for March right now. The actual junior application this year, I'm, I'm letting it open right now. Um, so if you guys want to apply, I probably won't answer anything and give a confirmation or a denial letter until later on. But I want to give a huge uh, opportunity for people to to be able to take advantage of the Tattoo Junior. And I kind of want to stand on a soapbox a little bit for it. Yes, I have classes and there is a fee for these classes. This Junior program is completely free. And the reason being is I don't want somebody's financial situation to dictate what their future might hold for them. So if you're a very talented artist and you don't necessarily always have the funds to take these classes, I want you to know that this thing will be available to you. And so like, please reach out for it. If, if anybody's ever struggling with uh, an apprenticeship and, and they don't know what to do and how to get there, this is a great answer for them. Um, any other tattoo artists that are looking for more art classes to enrich their work, hit me up because this is why I'm doing it for them. I love it. Yeah. That's it. That's my focus right now. It's, it's a big one, but that's my focus. And it's been really, really, um, it's been, I, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten so much from tattooing. And so this is one of the many ways that I want to try to pay it back. Yeah. And I think people will see that when they come to these classes. I love it. We don't grade by the way. Like that's a big misconception. People are thinking they're going to get a grade 
and homework. And that's not true. Like, well, yeah, it's art. Like I'm trying to inspire them when they come to these classes and help them along per person. So I'm never, I'm not giving you grades. I'm not giving you homework. Like I can give you assignments if you're that type of person, but this is something to really motivate you. And like, if you truly want to do it, like shit or get off the pot, like, let's see it. Come on. Love it. Thanks. Perfect place to end the podcast. <laughs> Shit or get off the pot. I love it. I'm turning into such an old man. I love it. Dude. Yeah, look getting old. Is, it, look at this knit right now. Come on. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> getting old is interesting and fun at the same time. I but yeah, uh, I love it. Thank you so much, Mason. Pleasure. And uh, you know, we'll catch up. Let's yeah. let's do let's record again in another yeah. year or two. You I know what it. I mean? You yeah. know when I because I'll still be doing the podcast, man. I'm not I quitting. Know, you're killing it. <laughs> I'm not going to quit. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, and uh, go check out the, the Hive uh, tattoo. Uh, give me the address again. Uh, the the website is thehiveslc.com. Well, uh, the, the physical address, too. Oh, uh, 3081 East, 3300 South, Suite 4, right between Milo and Salty Peaks off of 33rd. Awesome. Go support these guys. Go, lo- go like their Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast. That way, every episode gets sent right to the app. Uh, when every episode gets released, I release an episode every Thursday, Thursday morning. Uh, and if you are interested in coming on the podcast, reach out to, I'm always looking, um, to bring people through that have cool stories. Yeah. And even if you don't have a cool story, maybe, maybe we can make it cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a great night, a great week, and we'll see you on the next episode.